Hi, I'm Ben Felder with The Oklahoman, and welcome to this week's episode of Political State. Uh, we are on location at the state capitol, where I've been actually for the last two weeks, as a two-week teacher walkout uh, seems to be coming to a close. Uh, candidate filing over the last few days as we get ready for the November election. So we're going to dig into all of that. But let me set up this week's episode with uh, welcoming our guest, which, which is Anna Langthorne, the chair of the Oklahoma Democratic Party. Uh, Anna, how's it going? It's wonderful. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. Like I said, I've been in this building for a couple weeks. You've been in this building for a while, uh, down in the basement, actually, where candidates are lining up to file for office. I want to ask you a little bit about the elections and what we're seeing over the last few days. But let's start with the walkout. I mean, just give me your... Uh, your take on what we saw this last couple weeks, it looks like it's coming to an end. The OEA on Thursday said that they feel like, you know, we need to call this off. Some school, a lot of teachers are still here on Friday at the Capitol. But what was your take on, on this pretty historic walkout? Yeah. Well, first, I want to say I'm incredibly grateful for our teachers. It was an, a difficult and courageous move for them to come to the Capitol and say, we're going to stay here until you do what's right for our, not only themselves, but for the children of the state of Oklahoma. And it's incredibly disappointing that our legislature has continued to do nothing and ignore the outcries of thousands and thousands and thousands of not only teachers, but students, parents, general citizens of the state. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited that they did come here and make the movement that they made, and I hope that they'll continue that momentum into our election cycle and hopefully get rid of some of these incumbents, particularly Republican incumbents who are in leadership who have... Um, stonewalled all of these efforts. Well, let me, I mean, because I, I know there's probably going to be some Republican members who are going to push back a little bit and say, do nothing. We passed almost half a billion dollar tax increase to fund a teacher pay raise, some money for schools. Of course, teachers still came out and, and asked for more. Um, I mean, but that was a pretty historic, I mean, step by this legislature when you look at the, the anti-tax, you know, history that we've seen over really the last few decades, right? Yes, but just because it's good for them doesn't mean it's good enough. We've, we've, gone really far backwards and it's going to take us a while to get back on track where we need to be in our legislature maybe showed up more than they usually do but not enough yeah I, you know one thing that's been interesting about the walkout is you know reading other people's coverage especially some national outlets you and i were talking about this a few days ago um there are a lot of national outlets that have kind of painted this as like a red state revolt and there's a lot of interest obviously organized labor you know pushing back in in, in the deep red state of oklahoma and i do think that there's some of that going on but it also didn't feel like this was a, a partisan movement, at least not uh, on the onset. And I mean, when we were talking, you said that you kind of saw the same thing, right? Absolutely. I, this is a movement of our teachers, of our students, of our parents. It has nothing to do with partisan ideology in its um, origin. Like I said to you the other day, I do think that the outcomes may end up being partisan because Republicans are in power. They have been in power for nearly a decade, and they are solely responsible for not just our education crisis, but our budget crisis overall. And our teachers have had the opportunity the last couple of weeks to see that firsthand as they've come to the Capitol and spoken with their legislators and seen the kind of leadership that's been here. Oklahoma Democrats have been at the Capitol with them outside, registering voters, encouraging them to run for office. Our legislators have been coming out of their office when the building's at capacity to, to answer questions and explain the process. Our gubernatorial candidates have been outside shaking hands, introducing themselves, saying thank you. I haven't seen that same level of support or effort from the Republican Party, and we had several teachers come and change their registration because of that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the, this walkout didn't seem to begin in a partisan way, but this is a partisan building. You work in the partisan world, and this is in, in politics. And, and it so happens that candidate filing is happening during the walkout. We've seen several teachers run for office. We've seen some Republicans. Lots have been Democrats. I mean, how, what kind of impact are you 
do you believe that this walkout, this intense focus on education is going to have come November? I mean, November is really, I mean, it's not a long time for you. I mean, there's a lot to get done as you're managing campaigns. But for the average voter, November is still a ways off. How much of an impact, if at any, do you think this movement is going to have uh, come November at the ballot? I, I think this will be a sustained movement, honestly, particularly because the walkout did have to end without seeing the results that OEA and the teachers wanted. They're, they're going to come back and demand those results, and they're going to demand them at the ballot box rather than here at session. And, and so the fact that we have all these teachers running, the fact that teachers are engaged, you know, um, Representative John Bennett, everyone's least favorite Republican, <laughs> drew an opponent this morning. Tom Stites, who ran against him last time, was not planning on running, but had 268 teachers from Salisaw drag him into a room and demand that he run again because they needed him. And they showed up this morning and cheered for him as they as he filed. That didn't happen in 2016. They People were engaged, but they weren't engaged the way they are now. And I think this grassroots movement is going to sustain itself through the summer and into November. You know, for you, you know, you've been in the chair position for the last year. I mean, the Democrats have obviously taken it on the chin over the last decade here in Oklahoma. And, and that's, you know, for, for, for you guys, you know, over, you know, changing direction doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it takes people running for office. It takes people running again because sometimes when you're the first time, it's the first time you're running, you go up against a powerful incumbent, you lose. Uh, it takes that willingness to do it again. And we've seen some of the some of the seats you flipped have come from that. Cindy Munson, you know, going up against a powerful Republican. The seat opens up a year later. She runs. She's able to, to take advantage of that. Um, so when you, you know, of course, I'd I know you'd love to see a, a switch in the balance of power. I think, I mean, I don't know if you'll get you to say it, but I mean, I'm sure <laughs> in your mind you realize that's probably not in the cards. But, I mean, this is kind of a, a, a trench warfare, right? I mean, and how many seats do you think are, like, legitimately really in play for you guys in November? Yeah. Our goal is balance, and I am perfectly happy to say that. You can you can look at the olden days of democratic rule, and it was not all perfect. But we know that when our, our legislature is balanced, when our statewide officers are balanced, that we see more moderate governance and we see more effective governance. And so that's what we're aiming for. We want to break the supermajority in the House. That's a huge priority for us. Um, we want to win the governor's race, and we want to pick up some seats in the Senate, too. The exact number may not be more than 10 in each house, but we saw this year that having 28 members made a real difference in budget negotiations. And if we could get to say 34 members, that would make an even bigger difference and we would have more sway and, and be able to better represent the people who are here in this building still today in their interests and their needs. Yeah, well, for the Democratic Party in Oklahoma, it's definitely been uh, you know quite a year for you guys. I mean, with you see the special elections and it probably you probably safe to say it gets a little tougher in the general now as you try to defend some of those seats that you picked up and, and maybe try to pick up some more. Well, Anna, thanks so much for your time. We know you're busy down in the basement as candidates are, are continuing to come in to file for office. Uh, we appreciate your time. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, you're listening and watching Political State uh, from the Oklahoma Capitol. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, welcome back to Political State from the Oklahoma. And I'm Ben Felder here on location at the state capitol outside the studio, so a little noisy. Uh, but I am joined now with uh, the Political State crew, Dale Denwalt, no stranger to the capitol, our uh, Capitol Bureau chief, and uh, Justin Wingeter, who's covering the, the, the federal government beat. And uh, uh, guys, quite a couple of weeks here at the capitol, uh, no matter what your politics are and what position you take, I mean, this, is quite, this has been a historic moment uh, as we've seen tens of thousands of teachers rally here at the Capitol, and we can get into and to debate, uh, you know, what, what did they win, what did they, what did they not get, uh, you know, what, what are the politics of it? But it's been quite a scene, you know, if I if I can say, of democracy. That's right. I, I've been coming out to the Capitol for ten years, and it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, the level of advocacy and activity around here 
at the Capitol. Uh, teachers from all over the state, numbering in the tens of thousands, I hear, uh, coming up to, to want to talk to their legislators and tell them what they think is important, and that is more money for education. And they've achieved some of it. Yeah. I mean, this we could spend hours talking about you know, what the lead up to this and, and getting into some of the bills that were and were not passed. And maybe we'll mention some of that. We've got plenty of coverage in the Oklahoma and newsok.com. And most people who are watching, hopefully have been kind of following along. Um, but just in the politics of it, I'm curious your perception, because this is an election year. Uh, Republicans got a lot of the focus of the scorn from teachers, partly because they hold the keys to power. So they're going to be the ones. Democrats, I think, really tried to take advantage of that moment and, and, and come across as champions for teachers. Anna Langthorne, who we were just speaking with, was saying she felt Democrats were well positioned uh, to kind of show that they were, you know, supporting teachers. But what was at stake for Republicans this last these last couple of weeks? Well, Democrats were well positioned going into this. I mean, all they have to do is push for more education funding. That was their position anyway. Republicans are really in a between a rock and a hard place here. I think they have been for a couple of weeks. Uh, they did quite a bit. I mean, we talked on the show five or six weeks ago, right after the demands were made, about how tough it was for any legislature because of the way they're made up to mobilize and uh, pass something like this. Of course, passing revenue in this legislature is especially difficult, and yet they did all of that, but they're not going to get much credit for it. They're between a rock and a hard place, between conservatives who didn't want any tax increase, and between Democrats who don't think they did enough. So I think Republicans probably did well with the center, that you know, by striking a, an agreement and uh, doing quite a bit for education funding, but by raising taxes. But that's not going to sit well with those on the right. It's it's still not going to be enough for those who were been out here for two weeks. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, when you think about the fact that you know, you know. It goes against the Republicans, you know, nature over the last couple of decades to, to pass taxes, but yet they did. You know, the largest tax increase in history, uh, you know, o almost half a billion dollars in, in tax hikes to fund a teacher pay raise and more education funding. And lawmakers, you know, continue to say, Republican lawmakers were saying, you know, we're not getting enough credit for what we did. And maybe they stumbled over themselves a little bit in some of the things they said. I mean, of course, Governor Mary Fallon, um, you know, I don't know, maybe she's not, but, uh, you know, maybe is regretting her comment about comparing, you know, teachers to, to spoiled teenagers wanting a car. But, you know, the, the left is clamoring for, for more funding. Teachers, who are largely Republican, at least based on some numbers we've seen, are clamoring for more funding. Um, Democrats are saying they're looking for a change election in November, but the, the hard right has been out here as well, too. I mean, uh, you know, former Senator Coburn is out here saying he's going to help a group put together an initiative petition to basically uh, repeal everything that was done. And they want to vote out some of those more moderate members. So, I mean, if you're a Republican... You know, you hear Democrats and the left, but you hear the right, and those are who you're facing in June primaries coming up. Yep. Yeah, there, there will be a reckoning for uh, several lawmakers uh, who are going to, uh, to go up against these uh, even more anti-tax than they are conservatives in the June elections. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and uh, they're, they're also going to have to, uh, uh, to, to face any challenge from the, from the left if they manage to make it through to November. Um, and, you know, may, maybe that's not a, a story that a lot of people are talking about right now, uh, the, uh, the sort of any attacks from the right, because it seems so drowned out by the, the voices of teachers here and the voices of people who want more revenue, uh, i.e. more tax revenue, uh, uh, coming into the state for education. Um, I don't know how it's going to shake out, uh, Ben. I don't know who is going to win the day, so to speak. It seems like the public 
probably is is more uh, in line with with teachers as a whole uh, and the need for more revenue. But you have pockets throughout the state that are still uh, just as anti-tax as Dr. Coburn is. Uh, yeah, and I think you know if you've drawn a Demo- if you're a Republican and you've drawn a Democratic challenger in November, you may have drawn a Republican challenger in June, and that's going to be the primary focus for a lot uh, of these lawmakers going forward. But I do think it's fair to say that if we see any kind of wave election in November, whatever that looks like, and I don't think any of us are are believing that the balance of power in the legislature is is up for grabs. Uh, you know, Anna said, you know, I'm just hoping to see some more balance with with Democratic candidates. But if we do end up seeing a big shift in the November election. I do think we can point back to this time and say, well, you know, teachers did shut down schools for two weeks, and that had an impact, that had a ripple effect uh, across the state, right? Yeah, and it, and it organized Democrats in a way that, um, ideally, if you're a Democrat, you've, you know, it's going to continue into November. I mean, whether that happened or not remains to be seen. Voters have short political memories sometimes, and whether or not they can remain union or, you know, remain organized into November remains to be seen. But you mentioned Governor Fallon. I think you have to talk about it. I thought there were some really unforced errors by the governor here. And I'm talking more in a political way. I mean, so much of this is about perspective and what people see you doing as opposed to actually what you're doing. I mean, quite a bit was passed by this Republican legislature, signed by this Republican governor. But I don't think she's going to get much credit for that because she did not. She had some mistakes there. I thought there were some slip-ups where she said some things that you probably shouldn't say. She was out of the area. She was in Washington one day last Friday. She was doing sort of the normal governor's stuff, uh, ribbon cuttings and McAllister and things like that. Stuff you would expect a governor to do, and it's perfectly fine for her to do. But I think when there's a crisis back home or right here, you have to be here. And again, it's more about just looking the part than even what you're actually accomplishing because the business fell on the legislature and again i think they did quite a bit and she signed quite a bit but you you're gonna have to look the part look like you're hearing uh your citizens and i think she could have been here more often than she was and that would have benefited her Again, just from a, a political perspective, which is what we are talking about here. So Yeah, no, and I think you're right. And I think uh, with Governor Fallon, I really thought that, you know, she had an opportunity really to kind of point to the fact that for the last few years, you know, she's been talking about pay raises. And I don't think, you know, a lot of people on the left are, are you know, they're not going to call her some public education advocate. Um, and they might scoff at that. But, I mean, you know, in her state of the state addresses, she's talked about teacher pay the last few years. Um, I mean... Five years ago, we weren't talking about teacher pay like we are, like we were this last couple of years. I mean, teachers were, schools were, but it wasn't the it wasn't the central you know talking point in uh, in the political world here in Oklahoma like it has been the last couple of years. And you know, I think Fallon and a lot of lawmakers after they signed that major package were a little surprised that they didn't get more more credit because it was a heavy lift. It was an extremely heavy lift. And I know right after she signed it, she said, well, if teachers are going to come up, I hope they come up and thank us. You know, it just doesn't sit well. You know, the, the, the comment she made about teenagers and cars, you know, I talked to one teacher who said, I voted for Fallon, and I think she meant well. But man, this is a time when we really need some kind of, you know, where your rhetoric matters. Uh, you know, when you've got crowds of teachers here, you know, they're not looking for just votes. They're looking for, uh, you know, rhetoric. And, you know, maybe there were some missteps there. And, and, Looking at it from the from the governor's point of view, I'm not sure that there's much she could have accomplished by being visible during this, um, because she would have uh, automatically from a large segment of the population 
uh, automatically been um, ridic ridiculed, not, not ridiculed, but criticized uh, for uh, the past eight years. Uh, there's a lot of people who still hold uh, a grudge toward the governor and toward the Republican leadership for how the state's finances have been managed uh, over the last eight years. And, and even passing this tax, tax package and teacher pay raise wasn't going to change their opinion. Uh, so if she would have come out here, that would have engendered a lot of criticism. And I don't know if she would have won any points um, or even if there's any points that she wants to have as she as she leaves office. Uh, there's not a whole lot more that, it, that an, uh, an eight-year governor can do to secure their legacy in the last few months of being in office. Yeah, no, good point. And it's important to keep in mind that some of the front runners to replace her on the Republican side of things have said that they did not support the tax increases. They did not support the teacher walkout. Some Republicans have, but you look at Cornette and Lamb, and, you know, and once again, they're focused on June in the primary. So there's a belief there that at least their base uh, wasn't necessarily happy with what took place here over over the last few weeks. Well, as we wrap up here, I mean, it's really, like I said, it's really easy in the moment. You know, even though the walkout is kind of coming to an end or has come to an end, there are still thousands of teachers here at the Capitol, at least for another day. It's easy in the moment to really predict big change and that this is going to change everything and the political landscape is going to be altered. Um, but, you you know, neither one of us are old guys, but I think we've been in politics long enough to know that change is hard. And when it looks like something, you know, is going to shift, you know, give it a couple of weeks, a couple of months, it doesn't. So I'm, I'll kind of end us on this. I mean, really, how much of an impact do you really think this is going to have on the political landscape of Oklahoma? Um, and in a couple of months, are we, is this just going to be kind of a footnote? The question is turnout. I mean, I think, does this spur a lot of turnout in the primaries, on the right especially, or in the general election, on the left especially? That's where, I don't know to what extent, you know, getting people registered to vote has been happening the last couple of weeks. And things like that really shift long-term elections. And whether or not people remember this in November, they will. And whether or not they act on it, that remains to be seen. But if you get a, a spur of voters, you can, some of these races are decided by a thousand, sometimes less than a thousand people. You get a rush of people into a district voting who didn't previously vote. You can easily shift some election. That's it's not going to be the entire legislature, but you will see some shift in elections if people take this, go out and vote in November because of it, or in June for that matter, or August. I mean, a number of different primary elections and then general elections. So that really is what I'm looking for: is turnout. Yeah, I think that this is going to to leave a lasting mark on Oklahoma, um, and. Justin's right. It really depends on how the elections go. Uh, but the important thing to remember is that teachers aren't the only constituency in Oklahoma, and education isn't the only issue. Uh, there will be other issues that bubble up that uh, people consider far more important than what happened here over the last two weeks. Um, uh, something could happen between now and next session that could really shake people's confidence in uh, what lawmakers have done so far. Uh, and, you know, we're going to be here to cover that. And, uh, I mean, I guess that's really all I, I can say. Yeah, just, just wait and see. Just wait and see.
Yeah. Well, I also think it's going to be important. What does the economy do? I mean, there was a, there was a little bit of a boost for, for education funding, so there are going to be some stories about how schools are using that new money. If the economy continues to improve, which a lot of lawmakers are kind of banking on that continued improving economy, um, do, do voters feel like, you know what, we're doing better? More taxes really isn't the answer. You know, we already passed that big tax, tax hike. Now we just need to kind of focus on some waste. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen things that have come out of the Department of Health recently. And, you know, there's some ways that we can manage our money better. So I think if the economy is improving, um, you know, voters, especially your kind of right of center voters might say, you know what, I'm OK with taxes if I feel like we're in an emergency situation. And back in March and April, it was an emergency. But now it's November. It doesn't feel like an emergency so much. But it's also going to depend. And you kind of mentioned this on the on the district, because in some districts, it's going to mean supporting a moderate Republican against a hard right anti-tax Republican. In some districts, it's going to mean supporting, you know, uh, a Democrat versus a Republican. And so it's going to it's going to look it's going to look different in different parts of the state. And, and I'll just say this. I mean, I don't know what kind of change we'll see, but there were tens of thousands of teachers here and people here, parents and other community members. If if everyone here uh, changes their voting habits, whatever that looks like, uh, because of this, it's got to have some kind of impact, if not on a statewide level, but then at least in some of these districts going home. Um, because they're just, you know, it always comes down, like you said, to turnout. It always comes down to voting. That's who puts the people in this building. That's what eventually ultimately makes, you know, decides, you know, what gets done here in this building is, is voting. But uh, we do have a ways to go. Um, and like you said, we'll, con we'll continue to follow it. So, well, thank you guys for joining me here at the Capitol. And Ordale coming out of your, uh, your cozy corner office here uh, to join us here for this week's episode of Political State from the Oklahoman. With Dale and Justin, I'm Ben. Continue to follow NewsOK.com for the latest on the teacher walkout. It's, it's wrapping up here on Friday, but we're going to continue to cover, uh, you know, what happens next and the and the effects of this. Uh, with the Oklahoma, and I'm Ben Felder. This has been Political State. We'll see you again next week.